Bismillah, bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa lah. Amma ba'd. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. How are things going? Things are good? Alhamdulillah, fantastic. So inshallah ta'ala, we begin a new surah, surah 79 of the Qur'an, which is surah al-Nazi'at. This is also goes by the name surah wal-Nazi'at. And other scholars you'll find have different names for it, like surah al-Sahirah. Because this is, this is a word that's very unique in this surah, and so it only shows up once in the Quran, so you know, you define it by it or you give it that name. Also, surah al tamah again, another word that only shows up once, or surah al mudabbirat So these are, you know, names, but still the most popular are surah al naziat or wan naziat This is a surah that has 46 ayat, according to the, uh, the Kufi uh, position, but others say no 45 because they uh, merge two together. Uh, but anyway, uh, well, and Allah knows best. Now, in terms of the time of revelation, it is by consensus, by ijma', it is a Mecki surah. And in terms of the order of revelation, is or, uh, or, uh, surah number 81. Now, in terms of its commands, I like to take a look at how many times Allah Ta'ala has commands in a surah, how many times you find questions and things like this, and names of Allah. I like to look at these things to give us a flavor of what's going on when you take sort of the uh, uh, bird's eye view, as they say. Interestingly enough, this surah, when it comes to commands, there are two, but both of them are in the story of Musa alayhi When Allah tells Musa alayhi salam, right? Go to Fir'aun. Uh, uh, because he has transgressed, and say to him. So, idhab, go, that's a command to Musa Islam, and say, give him da'wah, call him to Islam, that's another command. Other than that, other than this story that has already taken place in the past, you don't find any commands in the surah, neither to the Prophet neither to the audience, the believers, no commands whatsoever. So it's much more of a descriptive surah, you could say, from that perspective. However, there are a lot of questions. Questions coming from disbelievers, questions uh, in the surah. There are seven questions in the surah. Uh, and in terms of the names of Allah, I find it really interesting the names of Allah Ta'ala that are mentioned. You find that, for example, uh, رَبُّهُ So, رَبُّهُ, his Lord, is mentioned. And then also, وَأَهْدِيَكَ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ So you have his Lord and your Lord. And that's in ayat 16 and 19. Then, later on in the surah, you have what? Uh, uh, you have the, وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ the one who fears his Lord. And also you have إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ مُنْتَهَاهَا So you have his Lord, your Lord, and then later on, his Lord, your Lord. And the only other mention of the name of Allah is the name of Allah, Laflu Jalal itself. In between all that, ayah number 25, which is what? فَأَخَذَهُ اللَّهُ النَّكَالَ الْآخِرَةِ وَالْأُولَىٰ right? That Allah Ta'ala seized him uh, and took him as an example. Uh, so you have five different mentions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here uh, uh, His Lord your Lord his Lord your Lord uh, both above and below and then in between that you have the name of Allah I find that pattern interesting in and of itself furthermore since these are five ayat you also have five times Allah ta'ala refers to himself as he in terms of using a noun, a noun. So, banaha, he constructed it, as in he constructed the sky. Rafa'a, rafa'a, he raised up. Fasawaha, and he has uh, balanced it. Wa'artasha, and he uh, covered over its night. Wa'akhraja duhaha, and he brought out its light. Wa'arda he smoothed it over. Akhraja minha ma'aha wa mar'aha. So, five ayat, so five name, mentions of the name of Allah, and then also five mentions of verbs that mention that he did this, 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 and this, and they're all in a row. So, Again, this sort of balance between uh, the names uh, Allah Ta'ala being referred to implicitly and explicitly, uh, the fact that it's balanced like that, I find quite remarkable and Allah knows best. In terms of its correlation with the previous surah, we know that the previous surah ended by mentioning Judgment Day. It talked about Judgment Day and how the disbeliever, Ya Laytani Kuntu Turaba, I wish I was dust. 
And this surah also begins by mentioning Judgment Day, uh, that it's going to be shaking and so forth. So there's definitely a continuity there. Furthermore, the previous surah began with skepticism, asking questions. They're asking all these questions. And this surah also begins uh, uh, with um, people asking questions, showing skepticism. Uh, right? Are we really going to be brought back? So again, there's a correlation between these two surahs. And furthermore, the previous surah described the blowing of the trumpet, and in the surah we have the expounding of that reality in ayat 6 and 7. So Allah Ta'ala mentions the blowing of the trumpet, and then this surah you have uh, um, uh, more detail there. And again, another correlation is that the previous surah mentioned the earth and the sky, and in this surah you find that this it mentions the sky and then the earth, so there's a switch in terms of order. Very, very interesting how many different uh, uh, contrasts there are. And furthermore, the idea that Allah Ta'ala mentioned uh, that Allah Ta'ala mentioned that the angels uh, talk about the angels on judgment day and then this surah when the strongest opinion is what that these this is in reference to the angels in fact that's one of the best ways to try to demonstrate that this is talking about the angels is that it's c continuing the theme that was uh, uh, found in the ending of the previous surah that being surah al-naba and allah knows best now in terms of the major theme what is the major point what is this the surah trying to convey to you well Allah i think that the most convincing thing when you take a look at it holistically there is a contrast going on. What is the contrast? Contrast is what? Fear causes self-restraint. And arrogance causes impulsiveness. That to me seems like the strongest summary of the major idea, the major theme. What do I mean? Fear, why do I mention fear? Because this surah is full of the concept of fear. Hearts will be palpitating that day. Wajifa, pounding hard. Obviously, reference to fear. Khushu'ah is mentioned. Their eyes will be humbled, or you know, in this sort of awe and fear. Khashia is mentioned. Fatakhsha. Allah Ta'ala, won't you fear Allah Fatakhsha so you can fear Him? Biman Yakhsha and Man Yakhshaha, mentioned three times. Khashia is mentioned three times in the surah, ayat 19, 26, and 45. Khawf. Wa man the one who fears his Lord is mentioned once. And furthermore, there's, there's a whole section devoted to what? Uh, mentioning that uh, when Tamatul Kubara, when the great calamity takes place, every man's going to remember what he did, what he, what he worked on. So he's going to be in fear. And hellfire is going to be present for, presented in front of you. It's going to be plain to see for everybody. Three ayat in a row instilling lots of fear. And then also when they ask you about Judgment Day, what have you prepared for it? So there's so many ayat that are emphasizing what? You have fear and that's going to cause you to have what? It's going to cause you to have self-restraint, have taqwa. And that whole process is described as what? Tazkiyah. And that's what exactly Musa calls Fir'aun too. Should I not? Don't you, don't you want to purify yourself? Don't you, want to, don't you want to instill a little bit of fear so that you can finally develop some self-restraint? And what is the proof of the opposite? The opposite is that Fir'aun and the people that are like him are what? They are arrogant, number one, and that arrogance causes impulsiveness. Why? Because when you don't have any fear, you don't fear consequences. You just do whatever your impulses tell you. And what is the term for impulsiveness here? Wallahu alam, it's taha. Taha is tra it's tr translated as what? Uh, uh, going, uh, uh, transgressing, going overboard. Like if you pour a cup right to the top and then you pour more and it spills over. That's taha, to spill over the edges. Atuhyan, uh, transgression, to spill over the edges. This concept is mentioned twice in this surah and this specifically to Fir'aun and then in general to anybody who has, uh, who has this tuhyan, this uh, impulsiveness, this this desire to transgress all bounds, to have no limits. Why? Because you have no fear of any consequences and therefore that is the result. 
So yes, just to summarize again, that fear causes self-restraint, and that whole process is called tezkia, whereas arrogance causes impulsiveness, which is tughiyan. And I believe that is the theme that you find throughout this surah, and Allah knows best. best. And you find the arrogance mentioned throughout the surah at the beginning, they're asking sarcastically what we're going to be brought back after we uh, uh, this is going to be you know, sorry they say that when our bones are when, we, when our bones are all decayed we're going to be brought back this is a sarcastic question at the beginning followed by a sarcastic question at the end Right? They ask you, when is this hour? And they're asking very uh, uh, sarcastically. So you find in ayat 10, and 10 to 12 and also ayah 42, these sarcastic questions, which is coming from this arrogance. And of course, in the middle, the whole section from 21 to 24 is what? This whole section talking about Fir'aun being so arrogant. He disobeys. He denies. He turns his back. He hurries. He tries to gather the people. And what does he try to do? He tries to announce to everybody, I am your Lord, uh, uh, the Most High. So subhanAllah, this goes to show where all this arrogance is coming from revolving in this surah. You're finding that this theme comes up a lot. Now in terms of another pattern that you can take a look at in these introductory remarks is the breakdown of the rhyme pattern. It's amazing that this surah, you'll find that a subject is being talked about on a certain rhyme pattern and then it switches. So, so uh, you know, this, this is a pattern, right? And then, when the subject changes, So it switches the pattern as well. And then again, now it changes to the story of Musa Right, so the, the rhyme pattern changes again with the subject matter. So it's a really fascinating, uh, you know, you could say, um, uh, reality or this, 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 this feature of the surah, subhanAllah. I will go into ring structure eventually, but since it's a big topic and it would take too long to go, I'm going to do it piecemeal, inshallah ta'ala. So we're going to save off till that, till next week, then I'll do the introductory uh, five points, inshallah ta'ala, or, or yeah, uh, five uh, sections, uh, all based on their ring structure. We'll talk about that more, inshallah, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. I just want to get through the first ayah today. Allah Ta'ala says what? By those who extract with violence. Now, first and foremost, when Allah Ta'ala states an oath, when Allah Ta'ala swears by something, it is something that is great, powerful, sacred. It is connected to the rest of the subject matter, naturally. Obviously, the whole Quran is going to be connected to surah by surah. The subject is going to be, uh, you know, consistent. Also, Allah Ta'ala is causing that thing to witness. Uh, that's an important concept as well. And he is using that thing to make a certain point. And the function of the oath is to give importance to what people are taking lightly. So pay attention to this thing that you don't take very seriously. And furthermore, it should be stated that we only can swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from a fiqh perspective. We can only say, wallahi, tallahi, billahi, you know, warabbul uh, kaaba, things like this. We can only swear by Allah, right? We can only swear by Allah. Uh, however, Allah ta'ala swears by whatever he wishes. Allah swears by the sun, washamsi wa duhaha, Allah swears by the, the, the morning time. Allah swears by whatever he wishes. So in this particular case, Allah ta'ala is saying, nazi'ati, I swear by those who extract with violence. What is this referring to? The most popular opinion is that all these first five ayat, this full section, is referring to al-malaika, the angels. And like I said, this is supported by the fact that the previous surah ended and mentioned what? al-malaika. And also, it's mentioning how these unbelievers are first of all being pulled out violently 
against their will. This is also connected to the surah previous to it, Surah Naba, uh, when Allah Ta'ala says what? The disbeliever saying, I wish I was dust. I don't want to go through this. He's unwilling. So the fact that Allah finishes the surah with this disbeliever being unwilling to go through judgment day, and now Allah is saying, by the way, you know how this process begins? With you being unwillingly ripped out of your body, your soul being ripped out. Coming from the root verb, which means to yank out or to pluck out. Harqan is a maf'ul mutraq bighayri lafzihi, which is a, basically it's a, anyway, I, I don't know how to translate that. <laughs> it is what it is. For those of you that know, you know. But anyway, the point is that it's translated as what? It, it, it is translated as being yanked out after having dove inside. Harqan means what? To drown. Right, so that means the angel dove in, almost drowning himself, submersing himself inside to rip the person out. That's one perspective. Another one is that it's coming from ighraq. Aghraqa means to do something violently or excessively to its utmost. Yani aghraqa rami fil qaws, that the archer exaggerated the stretch of the bow. You pull back as hard as you can, that is ighraq. So uh, in this case, ighraqan yani gharqan, that uh, means as those who pull out as hard as they can in a violent manner. And furthermore, this is representative of the fact that the disbeliever was drowning in his desires of dunya, was drowning in his worldliness, completely submerged in worldly pleasures with no thought of preparing for the hereafter. So the question is, why are you so obsessed with this dunya when you'll never have as much as Fir'aun, who's going to be mentioned pretty soon, by the way. Fir'aun's going to be talked about. You're never going to have as much as he did. And furthermore, uh, his example is discussed later, but also, how did Fir'aun die? He drowned, right? So when Nazi Ati Gharqa, the wording of it using Gharq seems to be quite uh, fitting, given the fact that the example of Fir'aun, who was drowning in his luxury and then eventually literally drowned, uh, uh, is quite fitting. Furthermore, Ibn Mas'ud, says that the soul of the disbeliever slowly descends to the feet. Imagine the soul, like inside this body, it goes down to the feet and then rises back up into the body and gets yanked out in one shot violently by the angels. Also, Ibn Mas'ud, another commentary, he says, Inna malaka al-mawti wa'a'awanahu yanzi'una ruh al-kafir kama yanzi'u as-safood al-kathir al-shu'ab min as-suf al-mubtal. Brutal. Uh, that uh, Ibn Mas'udi comments and says that the angel of death and his assistants, they rip out the disbeliever's soul like a skewer with many teeth, rip out wet wool. So anybody can imagine wool when it's wet, and you can imagine something that has lots of teeth, like a comb or like a skewer, you put it inside and you rip it out, you know, that sort of, you know, that pull, that nasty sort of ripping, that imagine it's trying to cling and hold on and it gets yanked out in this violent way. A Suddi says this is referring to the soul drowning in the chest. Uh, there are weaker opinions that say that these oaths, uh, these first, first five ayat, are referring to the stars, like shooting stars that are being yanked out from the sky. Or another weak opinion is that it's about the warriors who pull back on their bows. Uh, it could be a reference to beasts. And uh, one opinion that we will explore later on, inshallah, is the idea that it's referring to the winds, the different winds. And this is because it's similar to wal-dhariyati and wal-jariyat and uh, wal-mursalat, which are often considered uh, uh, references to the winds. And so it could be that there, Allah Ta'ala is saying what? is references the wind can either be so violent that it rips out and plucks out your homes, your trees, and rips them out from the root. That would be it could be that the winds blow so gently, which we're going to explore that later on as well. And so I, I find that these, this, these two opinions are, are very valid because 
the first one is for the believers who believe in the angels. But for the disbeliever who doesn't believe in the angels, he at least knows that the wind is real, right? So Allah Ta'ala could be giving a both, uh, an oath by both of these, and Allah knows best. I don't want to go on too long, but I will mention one hadith, and then we will conclude for today, inshallah Ta'ala. This hadith is a bit lengthy, so just give me uh, uh, you know, a few minutes, inshallah Ta'ala, but I think it is important. This is in uh, Sunan Abi Dawood, it's an authentic hadith in which uh, Al-Bara uh, ibn uh, Azib anhu, he said what? خَرَجْنَا مَعَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ فِي جَنَازَةِ رَجُلٍ مِنَ الْأَنصَارِ That the Prophet we, we went out with the Prophet for a funeral prayer. Uh, 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 we went out with the Prophet for this funeral prayer of a man from the Ansar. Uh, we went out and we, when we reached his grave site, it wasn't actually dug yet, so we had some time to wait. So we sat with the Prophet and we sat so like as if there were birds on our heads, which goes to show the respect that the Sahaba had. Which birds on our heads is an expression, it seems to mean what? That quietly, peacefully, without budging. You know, obviously if there's a bird on your head, you're like, oh, don't move, like don't scare him, right? So this idea is that we were so still focused on the Prophet. The Prophet had a stick in his hand uh, uh, and he was scratching the earth with it. Then he lifted up his head and said, He said, take refuge in Allah, seek refuge in Allah from the punishment of the grave. He said this twice or three times. Take refuge in Allah from the punishment of the grave. Take, take refuge with Allah from the punishment of the grave. So you can imagine the Sahaba are paying close attention to this warning. And then uh, there's also another portion of this hadith that says, وَإِنَّهُ لَيَسْمَعُ خَفْقَ نِعَالِهِمْ إِذَا وَلَّوْ مُدْبِرِينَ حِينَ يُقَالُ لَهُ And then that uh, um, when the person who's in the grave hears the sandals or the feet beating and walking away from him. Imagine after the funeral procession, everybody buries him, they make dua from him. After you can hear the footsteps walking away, what happens next? It is said to him, يَا هَذَا مَنْ رَبُّكُ Oh, so-and-so. Well, whoever your name is, I don't know, your name is Abdullah or Muhammad or whatever your name is, you know, uh, Abdullah, Zaid, whatever. Oh, so-and-so, who is your Lord? And what is your religion? And who is your prophet? And in a different version, it mentions, two angels will come to him, they will sit him up, they will say to him, they will ask him, who is your Lord? He will say, my Lord is Allah. They will ask him, what is your faith, your religion? فَيَقُولُ دِينِي الْإِسْلَامِ My faith is the religion of Islam. فَيَقُولَانَ لَهُ مَا هَذَا الرَّجُلْ الَّذِي بُعِثَ فِيكُمْ Who is this man that was sent amongst you? فَيَقُولُ هُوَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ And he will say, it was the messenger of Allah This is the case of the believer. فَيَقُولَانِ مَا يُدْرِيكُ And then they will ask, who taught you this? Where did you learn all this from? فَيَقُولُ that I read the book of Allah and I believed in it and I affirmed it. And then, thumma ittafaqa, they will agree. Uh, and then uh, he, he mentions, فَيُنَادِ مُنَادٍ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ Then a caller will call out from the skies, and قَدَ الصَّدَقَ عَبْدِي فَأَفْرِشُوهُ مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ My slave has spoken the truth, so give him the bedding of paradise. Open up a door for him to paradise. And give him clothing of paradise. And give from him from its wind and from its nice fragrance and smell. And it will be opened up for him as long as, as much as the eye can see. It will be given spacious. Then what is the opposite? As for the disbeliever. 
وَتُعَادُ رُوحُهُ فِي جَسَدِهِ وَيَأْتِهِ مَلَكَانِ فَيُجْلِسَانِهِ That his, the, his soul be brought back into him, into his body, and these two angels will come and sit him up straight and they will say, فَيَقُولَانِ They will say to him, مَنْ رَبُّكُ Who is your Lord? فَيَقُولُ هَا 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 لَا أَدْرِي And so this, the wording هَا it's implying, like just stuttering, like, uh, like you know, nervousness. Uh, 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 you know, nervous. And he will say, uh, I don't know. And then, فَيَقُولَانْ لَهُ مَا دِينُكَ And then he will say, then the angels will say, what is your religion? فَيَقُولْ هَا هَا لَا أَدْرِي Say, I don't know, uh, I don't know. فَيَقُولَانْ So they will say, مَا هَذَا الرَّجُلْ الَّذِي بُعِثَ فِيكُمْ what? Who was this man that was sent amongst you? Ha, ha, la adri. Again, just stuttering and saying, I don't know. Wayunadi munadi min as-sama'i. Then a caller will call from the heavens. And kadaba fa'afrishuhu min al-nar, wa albisuhu min al-nar, waftahu lahu baban ila al-nar. So then it will be stated, you lied uh, in your in your life. You were a liar. You had lied. So open. So give him the bedding of the fire and clothe him with the clothing of the fire and open up for him a. Uh, a, a gate or a, a door from the fire. Then its wind and its heat will come to him. Uh, that and then it will it will get so constrained and so tight that his ribs will crush and pierce together. And it's also mentioned what? And then appointed over him will be a blind and dumb or a, one unable to speak angel that has a hammer of uh, 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 of, of, of hadith of, of steel of, of yes uh, of uh, yeah, steel and so why is he blind why can't he speak why because you can't complain to him and say please stop and you know you can take it easy he has no idea he just no I'm just I don't hear anything I don't hear his screams I don't hear pleads please if it was if this hammer would struck a mountain it would turn into dust and he will strike him with a strike that can be heard from the east to the west except for the human and for the jinn uh, and then he will be turned to dust and then his soul will be brought back to him again and again so he'll get this beating over and over again in his grave while he's being exposed to the fire that he's going to be having so may Allah Ta'ala protect us from this punishment of the grave this is a reality that we should uh, uh, fear and this is something that is going to be discussed in more detail inshallah ta'ala in the upcoming surah. I just thought that we should mention that as an introductory remarks to the surah.